February special edition of the YVH podcast. As always, I'm Adam Sparlin. And I'm Jeff Thurlow. We want to thank everybody for joining us. Today we are doing one of our favorite segments. I am pumped because we are going to be talking uh, about from the driver's seat. Uh, But this one's kind of special. We have this really cool couple that uh, works here with us at CFI that met on the road. So here in a little bit, we're going to have a special Valentine's Day edition of from the driver's seat. But before we go any further, Jeff, do you have a safety message for us today? Yeah, sure do. We uh, got it brought up this morning in our, you know, in our daily stand-ups, and uh, senior manager Tim Hicks actually brought it up. Even though we have sunshine, sunshine and blue skies, and it's a beautiful day outside, doesn't mean that we can just let our guard down, um, especially in those states that we're here, where we have that dry snow that could be possibly blown across the road, and that tends to fill in those gaps on that roadway. Um, in, in, in a quick manner, it can change and uh, create some black ice issues. So never let your guard, guard down, guys and gals. Make sure that we're always you know, keeping a good look out of, on what's going on ahead of us and um, just making sure we're doing the right things. Yeah, no doubt. I know around here uh, last night it got down to about 15 degrees. And after, the, after it got dark, we actually had just a quick burst of a snowstorm that didn't really stick too bad but it made the roads wet. So right before it got cold, all the roads got wet. Yeah, I was expecting it to be a lot worse than what it actually was. Um, yeah. Expecting the kids to be out of school this morning and it be yeah, a I bit more had challenging. Yeah, I kind of had that lunch when I was on I-44 last night. We were coming home from, uh, actually from the truck stops. We'd gone over there to pick up, so decided to go over there and eat last night, yep. of all places. But uh, on our way home, it had started snowing on us pretty hard. But, uh, um, Jeff, there was another bit of exciting news that came out today. I uh, just wanted to make sure, and I know we kind of talked about it a little bit, really exciting bit. So CFI's parent company, uh, Transforce International, if anybody hasn't heard this, actually went and joined the United States stock markets today. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Uh, they turned it, they turned the big screens on up in operations just uh, about 825 this morning. We got to see our president, Mr. Greg Orr, um, stand up there and, and ring the bell to open the market this morning, and it was a uh, Pretty cool moment. I know it'll be part of CFI's history. Yeah, yeah, really exciting. We, you know, it's a very storied history, which you'll hear some of here in a little bit as we as we talk with Stephanie and Greg. And uh, it's neat to know that this next chapter is going forward, and um, you know, as CFI continues to grow, and so it's it's very exciting. Absolutely. But well, guys, we're not going to take much longer here. We're going to hop right into it right after the break. We're going to be joined by Stephanie and Greg. Thanks, everybody, for being with us. We are now joined by Stephanie and Greg Klang. I don't know if they want it in that order, but that's the order they got it in. And uh, they're here today for a special edition of a segment we do pretty regularly that we enjoy a lot called From the Driver's Seat. And so, guys, welcome. Thank you. We're happy to be here. Thanks for having me. It's good to see you guys. So, you know, 
it's February, Valentine's Day. Um, whether you guys like it or not, you guys are kind of like the special couple around the building and around the company. Um, tell us first how you got started with the company, driving, a little bit about it, bit about your background. Well, well, I guess for uh, that part, yeah, let's, Greg, if you could take that first, just that way it's... We'll just yes, in, uh, so I was, I was in the Army, I was a 19 Delta Scout, Bradley crewman in the Army, and I separated in December of 93 in El Paso, Texas, and I was jobless. Uh, we had, me and my ex-wife had rented a home, and I was looking for work, looking hard. I never found a job in El Paso. And trucking had never crossed my mind. I never knew a thing about it. And uh, one day I ran into an army buddy in El Paso that said, hey, I started truck driving at this company called CFI. It's really cool, you should check it out. So we had a big terminal down there at the time. And I went out there and I looked around and I said, wow, this is cool, I could do this. And all these years later, here I am. I uh, talked to a recruiter at CFI. They set me up with driving school in Sunland Park in El Paso. And I was here as a student driver in April of 94. And, uh, well, let's see, no, July of 94. April 94, I was in school. July 94, I hired on. And a month later, I was on my own here. And how many million miles do you have? So I'm, I should have three million now. I'm, if I haven't hit my three million, I'm really close. And you're still driving with us in some capacity. Yes, yeah, so I, I do. I drive local now, which is, this is really nice. This is a good gig. And uh, I, w I wanted to hit my three million before I actually got off the road, but the opportunity presented itself, which they're few and far between. So I had to get off the road to take the local job. And uh, so I'm pretty sure I have my three million by now. So I drive the day cab around every day. Uh, you'll see me out and about the yard, either moving trailers or helping somebody or helping the shop guys. And uh, so I still get to go out on the road and see things from the driver's seat. And it's just as much fun as it was. It's well, kind of nice to have that freedom road. still. Yeah, and I was, well, Greg, from your, and from your uh, local experience, I say, and you're saying the things you do, um, you, also, you also pick up a few cigarette butts, right? Yes, I do. I, I, that's a thing from the... Got uh, Stephanie shaking her head over that's there. That's my military. Uh, I, I walk around like Rain Man, staring at the ground, muttering, and uh, just <laughs> picking up cigarette butts all the time. So if you smoke, please don't throw any cigarette butts around the area. Well, uh, um, before we move over to Stephanie, uh, obviously you've been driving a long time, and I know it's kind of hard to just pinpoint, you know, a story that stood out for you. But do you have any kind of a, just a, a a nice experience, a good story, something that you just really enjoyed out on the road, besides meeting your wife, obviously. I have a, this is, when I was a student driver, I did, I've done a lot of bonehead things, but one that, one very funny story is that I had a really good trainer here. Training, I know, is very difficult, and uh, I'm sure I was, I was one of the worst students this guy ever had, but I never, when I joined, uh, when I started with CFI, I had never heard of Waffle House in my entire life, never heard of it, and as a student driver, my uh, trainer was sleeping one night and I was driving into Houston, I think it was, and uh, I had to get a Waffle House. I pulled that truck and trailer nose first into a Waffle House parking lot and woke him up. I said, hey, Cisco, I got good news and bad news. <laughs> he said, what's the good news? We're at Waffle House. You know, it was 6 a.m. He said, what's the bad news? Well, you're gonna have to get us out of here. So, <laughs> That's nice. they got small parking lots, but it was, 
We had well, breakfast. We need well, that waffle fix, man. <laughs> well, just to confirm, I, I looked it up while we were sitting here, and Greg, you're at three million forty-five thousand eight hundred three hey, miles. Hey, so oh, congratulations! Right. Congratulations! Pretty amazing. One of these days, I'll get invited up to the uh, drivers' meeting and uh, get my big, have my big hoot nanny. So that's uh, I'm proud of that. That's uh, that's quite. A, it takes a while to get that. It, it takes a, quite a while. That's for sure. Congratulations. Thank you. Well, uh, Stephanie. How did, uh, how did you get started in trucking? I was like Greg. I never knew anything about trucking, never crossed my mind how products got to the stores, and I met a truck driver when I was 20 years old. And when you're 20 years old and a woman, your emotions run high, and he left town for three weeks, and it broke my heart. And I said, I cannot be away. I have to go with you. He said that if I was going to go with him, I would have to learn to drive. And I do appreciate that because women who ride with their husbands, I can't imagine sitting there all day not doing anything. He knew a lot about trucking. He just wasn't very patient, but I, but I learned a lot. I learned, we ran team for 15 years and um, it, it, was, it gave me a good career, it really did. We came here to CFI in 1987. Uh, before that, from 1980 to 87, any time we would go in to, for employment, I was just considered his little helper, not a true driver. But I still remember Dallas Herring giving me my road test here at CFI, and I got, I got some respect. And it stayed with me that whole time that, wow, 1987, I'm finally considered a driver and not, not just his little helper. So in uh, 1995, when, when we decided to divorce, I, I chose CFI. I stayed. I stayed. I just came over. At that time, we were truck owners. I just came over and got a company truck and just kept going. Just how, kept going. How much have things changed since you started to now? And I know Stephanie's not the typical driver in the sense that you've done a lot of things outside of just you know your driving role here at CFI um, challenging things early on compared to now and you know you've moved on to a different role in that so just kind of a broad overview of how much that stuff's changed for you oh. just in the industry as a whole well in, before we didn't always have conventionals we wanted the truck and trailer as short as possible so you had a cab over and I was looking at an old photo of a cab over and thinking, how in the world did I climb up in this thing? In and out, in and out, in and out every day. You had to crawl over the doghouse to get into the bed. You had to get dressed and undressed, laying down. You had room for one little suitcase. There was no refrigerator, no microwave, no flat screen television, no DVD player, no cat. <laughs> I thought it was bad when I started, and we just didn't have uh, cruise control and jake brakes. So oh, I yeah. Had it made. We had windshields and everything. Wow, you had windshields <laughs> and everything. <laughs> well, we didn't have stand-up. You didn't have a stand-up sleeper. You I, had a flat top, didn't you? I did you? have a flat top. But. Yeah. We, I mean, the trucks are so luxurious today, and now, I mean, we had the, the ability to wing it. We didn't have GPSs. We didn't have Google Maps. We winged it. We we barely had a fuel stop guide, and but I don't know. It seemed to work. We didn't have phones in our hands, so we were always looking for phone banks so we could call call in here or for check calls or call mm -hmm. customers. 
I remember standing on the uh, in downtown Milwaukee in a snowstorm calling in. Yeah. There was payphones everywhere. Yeah, you can't find a working payphone anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, with all the distractions drivers have nowadays, what kind of thinking of that? What kind of distractions did you guys have back then? Did you have, you know, I mean, besides, I guess, eating and did, did you have like different distractions when you're driving down the road to take you take yourself away from your, you know, the job at hand? It didn't take away from the job at hand because traffic was a lot less. But tuning that AM radio at night from one station to another, that was yeah, even that was an exact science. Is it? That's that was not a challenge picking science. up <laughs> pick, late at night, picking up an AM radio station across the country, and there again, you know, now we've got satellite radio, and you can tune in your favorite channel and leave it there forever, unless you're up against a cliff or in the in the caves, you can't get no signal. But even that's you know way improved. That was the only thing I remember to keep me occupied uh, back then was just the radio. There was, I don't know if we had CD players or what, but. No, we didn't have CD players. Tape players maybe? Yeah, cassettes? We had, I don't know. <laughs> my first truck had an AM radio. I didn't even have FM. So, so, I, so then at the, the truck stops would be, uh, you know, that's the only time we could get away from the trucks and have a little, have something besides the work we could get out and we would always go walking things like that well we would meet up on the road a lot which cell phones were really uh when they came into being that was that was handy we could get a hold of each other easily and then we could meet up we we were really good about routing ourselves we had it was a lot easier to do that sort of thing and we might maybe we had a little more spare time because there was no electronic logs back then and uh so yeah, we would go for walks. We could mm -hmm. dine together. Mm -hmm. When did you guys, so you guys drove for CFI for a while. When did you guys meet each other? I, I was going back through my memory. We actually met on a dock in Muncie, Indiana in March of 2000. And we, we pulled out our paper logs to prove this years ago. And I remember him walking up on the dock and he had a smile on his face. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that's rare, a driver smiling. <laughs> and he said I had pretty hair. He was married oh, no, at the he time. Turned it, turned it on right from the beginning. Oh didn't yeah, he? he did. But he was <laughs> married at the time, and and I had, you know, I had a boyfriend that I wasn't driving team with. But she still gave me a hard time because on that load, like she said, we compared logbooks, but we had the same load from like. Uh, it was Muncie, Indiana, to Montgomery, Alabama. Okay, and, and I took I took like. A thousand miles of two lanes so I could save ten miles and she's laughing at me. And when we me. got we got to Montgomery and I go, he's telling me, Oh, I saved fifteen miles and did all these stoplights. I'm like, Oh God, he's one of those drivers. Oh, so God. now I I learned to balance how long it takes to get there versus how many stoplights I want to go through and, and how many back roads I want to deal with. So then we didn't see each other again for about three years and in that time uh, he and, and his wife divorced, and I broke up with with my guy and uh, our dispatcher. We had the same fleet manager, and she hooked us up. So that was so nice. I, I met her on, on our first date right out here in front of local dispatch. We went down to Applebee's, and and uh, I was under a load, so I had to leave. But um, yeah. she invited me back, and here I am. <gasps> and he never left. <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, <clears throat> you know, I know you covered this a little bit. I mean, how, how, uh, 
especially in the early days when cell phones still weren't all that common, how how difficult was it to 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 coordinate and meet up with each other and just see each other out on the road? Uh, by the time uh, Greg and I met, it wasn't it wasn't too bad because we could we had the wireless headsets. No, we had wired headsets at the time, and so we could talk to each other and. And uh, we could change our routes a little bit if it was just 10 or 15 more miles to cross paths. And um, it wasn't that bad out there. Now, when he wanted to do the video chatting, I didn't like that part because when I stop my truck for the night, I have things to do. He wanted me to sit there and hold the phone so he could see me. Yeah, we never did that too much, but uh, by that, that's where after the cell phones were more advanced. But I do remember my very first cell phone. I started it at the, I started the service with AT and T uh, out there at Wheeler Ridge at the Petro. I, I had a California phone number, and AT and T with that old Nokia cell phone. I had a lot of six hundred dollar phone bills. Yeah, because oh, I was always going over. I don't remember how many minutes they gave you, but apparently it wasn't enough. So I always had big phone bills. Uh, I remember, uh, and you know, com comparison here, you guys will probably give me a little grief on this one, but uh, I remember my parents getting on to me for my first $600 phone bill on, on their account. So <laughs> <laughs> it was a common thing back then, but cell phones were great. So your guys' driving careers, did you guys run team together a lot, or that's did a, you stay that, solo? Or? That's a running joke. Is I, anytime someone says that, I say, no, no, we never. that's too much togetherness. We never ran team. And my Tomcat didn't like him. Yeah, we always had a cat. She had a cat on a truck. I had a cat. And then, although that's kind of a funny story, too, that has to do with how we met. But, uh, yeah, we never teamed up because it's just it was too crowded never in the truck. Up. Never. Wow. No, we did not team, no. Mm. It would have been way too crowded with two cats. Two people, all your stuff. She said I couldn't. I couldn't touch her stuff, anyways. I couldn't touch her laptop, so we would have had to have two laptops and two of everything. He's left-handed. He changes the buttons on everything. <laughs> I do. I change my buttons are always reversed. Left-handed. Uh, Left-handed is the only way to be, Stephanie. I have a coffee cup at home that I got from my grandfather that says you're you're left-handed until you commit your first sin. I'm glad Jamie loves you. She does. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, when. When uh, our dispatcher introduced us, I, I was a truck owner at the time, and I had come in um, to meet her, and uh, I was, we were having lunch in the cafeteria, and I, I mentioned, uh, I had been divorced for a while. I said, oh, I was getting kind of lonely. I was thinking about getting a dog, but I really like cats. And that was the magic word, because Stephanie was always known as the cat lady, cat lover. And so she didn't let on that she was thinking, but alarm bells had gone off in her mind so that's how we got introduced yes. and then Stephanie had her her cat at home her big tomcat Fred that hated me his Til entire the day life he died <laughs> he hated me yeah he hated you but see if I see if I changed over the years I mean that you can't fault the equipment um, it's it's given us Given us a good life. We're just tired. We just don't want to be on the road anymore. It's, it's just being over the road. It, it's so difficult. It's very it, it's difficult. A, it's a very hard job. People that are doing, still doing the long haul, they face all kinds of challenges. Everybody knows it. Mm -hmm. It's uh, really difficult. Traffic is bad. So it takes a special person to still stay out there on the road. So, so they, wrote, they deserve all the help they can get. I wrote down a few things of what we used to say in the day is, is the difficult we did every day. The impossible just took a little longer, and that's still true today because mm -hmm. there are even more more challenges. And um, when you're a student driver, 
you're taught how to operate the truck, but I'm not sure as they cover, you know, what to expect and how to survive out there on the road. Because I think we lose a lot of people because they don't understand the lifestyle of how long you're going to be gone and how it's going to affect you. Yeah, I think uh, Jeff and I know we, we have this conversation every day with, with uh, new drivers, mm-hmm. and it's adapting to the lifestyle is very difficult you know there's a reason that jeff and i are in the office like we are now we you know we've we both shared this and you know where we want to be home with our families and you know i I know you guys stayed out over the road for entire careers and i know stephanie you're retired from the road now and Mm -hmm. greg you're you're on your way not quite there yet but at least you don't have to go too far right and uh you know it is a very difficult transition and that's one thing that if we could, I could see if we could do anything better, it'd be nice to be able to, to help prepare people more for the lifestyle. Yes. Yeah. yes. Speaking of that, what would you guys encourage, especially new people coming into the industry, whether the, you know, the, there are a couple that are both, both in the industry and going through the same challenges, or you, know, you have one at home and one on the road, to, just to make things work and you, know, you, you guys obviously figured something out and made it work and you guys are still together today you know what kind of things do they need to look for to to make things better our i think our situation was kind of unique not not really but a little bit where that both of us were over the road drivers so we knew what we were getting into uh we knew what it involved i always say that you just have to remember that you got to do your part if you have if you're the hardest part would be spending time away from your spouse. But if you have a spouse at home to take care of everything for you, you can concentrate on your job. And then uh, we're able to, you're able to get home, you know, fairly regularly with CFI. And, um, but you got to remember that you're just part of a team. So it doesn't always work out perfectly, but we'll get you home. And uh, hopefully, you know, things are someone's taking care of stuff at home your mail's not piling up we had good neighbors to take care of our mail we would because we stay out a month at a time and uh yeah it's it's hard to remember all the all the things we prepared to leave home for four and five weeks at a time but we did have good neighbors we shared a driveway so we never had any break-ins i we had a a typed up list procedure of closing the house down so there were no no surprises all the trash was out the refrigerator was cleaned out water heaters were down just everything was was shut down and locked down but it's hard also to remember all the late, details in the later years uh, we had a rule that we wouldn't go back to work on the same day we would usually get home about the same time we'd stay home for a week or 10 days and then we couldn't go back at the same time because I would always be in her way she's trying to close up the house and she just want me gone <laughs> and and no matter whether who got home first he always wanted to go back to work first uh, you know i would just say greg you know you're talking about having that spouse at home and whether you know they're both on the road or not um you know brings me back stephanie you mentioned my wife earlier you know her her being at home and i think jamie and i met about halfway through my trucking driving career um She's a very strong person and, you know, very understanding and um, understood, you know, you, you, you got to spend the time on the road and, you know, you know, obviously the longer you spend on the road, the more consistent your miles are and everything and um, understanding that, you know, you're not going to be able to be home every week or every 10 days or 14 days in order to make a decent paycheck. 
um, having that person in the background that is willing to back you up and be be that strong person in the corner for you um, definitely helps a lot. And I, yeah, so I was a truck owner at the time when we met, and then um, I think uh, so I bought my first truck in '99, and then when did I sell that thing? 2010. Uh, Not soon enough. Honestly, being <laughs> I saw the light at Stephanie and her husband had been truck owners. They they did well. They paid the truck off fast. I had my trucks. Both of my trucks were paid off. But I saw the light and I got got rid of my truck. It actually broke down on me, so I was I sold it on Craigslist. But I was tell her you're lucky I sold it because it could still be sitting out there with weeds growing up through it. But uh, some guy bought it from me here in town, and. Uh, I went back on a company truck, and I've been really happy as a company driver here ever since. Now, every time I, if I pump fuel, you know, I'm just like, wow, this didn't cost me $1,500. And uh, if something goes wrong with the truck, we have a good support here. They take care of the tractor. What was it you said? You got eight new tires for free. I got eight new tires for free. <laughs> yeah. So being a company driver here at CFI has uh, been very good. It's very rewarding. We call our house the house that CFI built. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I know the feeling. Yeah. Yeah. Something I'd like to point out to new drivers is uh, be forgiving. People make make mistakes driving all the time. Let the small ones go. If nobody got hurt, just let it go. Take the high road. Savor the sights. I loved my traveling. I tried to laugh whenever I could. You got to find little bubbles of happiness every single day. And I think that's what I enjoyed about Greg is my first time going up to the mines up at Silverthorne. The first thing Greg said, it wasn't, oh, that road's dangerous. Oh, it's snowing up there. He goes, wow, it's beautiful. You're going to love it. And I did. Yeah, I did. Always enjoyed the scenery. Try to, as a new driver, try to remember to uh, that you have to do your part but try to enjoy what you're doing uh get an animal to ride with you if you want let try to laugh every day now we because mm-hmm. we're at home now now we have seven cats at home and we're always laughing and laughing and or we're we have pet therapy we lay day. in bed when something crashes and we go who did that don't make me get up out of this bed yeah, it'll whatever it is, it'll still be it'll still be there when we get if, up if right. glass didn't break and nobody's crying don't good. get up, right? That's right. Okay. So I, I live by that with three kids. There you <laughs> <And> go. Exactly. <laughs> cats are cheaper than children. They don't come back and ask for money. True that. They have, <laughs> Rodney still, Carrington said, those are some expensive pets. They, their kids are still young. They're still having fun with them. Don't ruin it for them. I like his little mini-me, little Smurf guy. His little Smurf guy, huh? But, uh, yeah, new drivers, uh, do your part. Remember you're part of a team. Uh, let me remind people, please clean your trailers. Because when just think when you go pick up a trailer and it's not clean, that last guy didn't do I cleaned a trailer out there the other day that I pulled 52 nails out of. 52. I brought them in and showed them to the local dispatcher. Gang, if, if you haven't realized, Greg is very passionate about what CFI looks like <laughs> and... Yes. what the equipment looks like so well, please we, make sure that you're taking care of this, this we, stuff we both do and and one of the things i learned early on in my driving career was there's things you can control and things you cannot control so you can control your attitude you can control your speed you can control what you eat and you know your appearance you can't control the weather you cannot control the traffic and let's face it we're a force dispatch you're not going to control your loads 
So try to let that go and just do what you can. I had a rule of no matter how bad a day I was having, when I walked into that shipper or receiver, I had a smile on my face. And if, of course I ate you know, food and drank coffee going down the road and if I spilled one drop of coffee on my shirt, I changed it before I went in because it was, I'm CFI's representative. So those things got me, they kept me sane going down the road. And that's why I feel like I was able to do a good job for 38 years and know when to stop. Well, I think that's one thing we missed. You know, we brought up the fact that Greg's at just over 3 million miles. Stephanie, you're at 3 million plus 2. Uh, 3.5 million here at CFI, and I did work seven years before I came here. So, yeah. So you'd be pretty close to 4. I'm not done. over. I'm done driving. I won't even drive <laughs> to the west side of Joplin anymore. Is that, wh- is that why Greg's hanging on? He's trying to catch up? or? No. Gravy. Every morning that Greg She's leaves, tough. I won't make it that far. I tell him, "Thank you for providing health insurance. Love you. <laughs> Love you." Yeah, when I, I get up early and walk out the door, and we joke, I say, "Oh, I'm off to the mines." Yeah, he's off to the salt mines to provide for his family, <laughs> and we appreciate him. I have never had anyone I could depend on, ever. I've always been a, a full-time worker, so this is been really hard for me to let let go some of the responsibilities but I feel like Greg is a he's a full-fledged partner Stephanie does everything and more that you could imagine at home the house is immaculate she takes care of all the animals cooks for me cleans washes my clothes does all the yard work if I didn't get up he and mows. Walk outside. he mows come on uh, <laughs> Our mower is the most fun ever. It's a zero turning point bad boy. We fight over who's going to mow. It's fun. We have a fun life. So we've been fortunate to be together here at CFI. This mm-hmm. is, it was a great place to work. It is a great place to work. And we've still got a few years left in us. Well, guys, thanks thanks for coming in and sitting down with us. We really appreciate it. It's been absolutely fun. Yeah, this has been, you. Uh, been, you know, I know we've had some fun podcasts. This is this has been a blast just to sit with you guys and get to banter. I mean, we get to work with you both every day, but uh, you know, to hear your stories, it's pretty awesome. Well, thank you for inviting us. Thank it's you. Fun to sit and talk with you guys. That's talk right. about the old days. Appreciate, appreciate <laughs> it, guys. Well, that's a wrap, guys. Thanks for coming in, um, Adam. Close this up. Yeah, I uh, um, kind of continue the safety message from what we talked about this morning or, or earlier in the podcast. Excuse me and. Uh, uh, with a, a little bit, just as we were talking to, to Stephanie uh, off the air here, we uh, she gave us a really cool safety message and uh, something I didn't know. Uh, I, I didn't do this when I drove, and I didn't get into a lot of heavy snowstorms, luckily, in my time. But uh, something that she told us is whenever you go park for the night with your hot tires as you're parking on, the, on that packed snow or packed ice, uh, you can take and use that hot tires to go back and forth a little bit, cool those things down a little bit, and so that way, when you stop, they don't actually melt down into the ice. Sometimes they'll melt just enough to put you into a little cup almost and just kind of cradle the tire that keeps you from taking off. And you may just be stuck right there with nothing you can do because you're not grabbing any traction. So, uh, yeah, Stephanie, thank you very much for that safety message. And, uh, you know, we're going to talk to you guys next month and see what we got planned. Excited to see you guys. All right, we're clear.